Hey, wanna last longer in bed without having to worry about lasting longer in bed? <laughs> well, if you don't, you should, because every girl loves it when her guy comes at the same time as her. At least I know I do. That's like the best thing ever. And that's why you need to get yourself some promescent delay spray. Their delay spray is clinically proven to make you last longer. And it's not going to totally numb you out. And it's not going to transfer to your partner. And for your partner, they have a whole line of women's products. I use them. I love promescent products. I use their warming gel. That's my favorite product. They also sell lube and condoms. They have a sex toy section. <laughs> I totally recommend Promescent products. And so do 2,000 medical professionals. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself some Promescent. Just go to delayspray.com to get everything you need. That's delayspray.com to get all your Promescent products. There's free shipping, a 60-day money-back guarantee, and your package is going to arrive discreetly. Thanks, Promescent, for sponsoring my show. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. My YouTube handle is now at Strict Anonymous too, so you could find me easy over there. What I love about YouTube is that we could talk about the episodes. People comment over there. If you want to comment about any episode, talk to the guests, talk to me, go over to my YouTube. It's at Strict Anonymous over there as well. If you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's names as well as everybody's voices. You remain anonymous that way. You also remain anonymous to me. You could call me up from a fake-ass number, email me from a fake-ass email. <laughs> I just want your true story. If you want to be on the show, you could DM me on Instagram or Twitter at Strict Anonymous, or you could email me, Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com. Go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on Be On The Show, or you could call my advice hotline or text me at 347 420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. If you are listening on a podcast app, which you most likely you are, make sure to follow me or subscribe there or on YouTube, subscribe. That's where you could be listening to me too. If you want to talk to me on the DL, but you don't want me to air it, I offer that. It's a service. You pay for it. It's $100, 45 minutes. You could do that. Like I said, same thing. I mean, you could call call me from a fake number, email me from a fake email. I don't really need to know who you are, but what most people do that for is because they want advice. So if you have a problem, you want to talk about it on the DL, you don't want me to air it, uh, you send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. The links and the emails that I just gave you, the phone number, all of that good stuff is in the description. So anyone driving, listening to this, don't worry about it. Just go to the description later on. So today I have on Maitland Ward, the TV actress 
turned porn star. Now, some of you might remember her from Boy Meets World. Some of you may know her from porn. But today you're going to hear about that whole transition. From Boy Meets World to porn, it wasn't an overnight thing. It happened slowly. She got into cosplay. She got into writing erotica. She was doing stuff on Instagram. And then she did a Patreon. And that's kind of how it organically happened for her. And she talks about that. I mean, this is a girl, a woman, who went from being a major TV star to being a major porn star. And when I say she's a porn star, she's won awards. And obviously she's going to be good at it because not only does she love SEX and she talks about that, but she's a great actress. So how could it not be? How could she not rise to the top? I think the worst thing about porn half the time is that bad acting. But here's like a real actress that got into it. She talks about that whole story. She just put out a book. It's called Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. You could get more detailed information about all of these stories that you're going to hear on this episode by getting her book. I will put a link to that as well as a link to her OnlyFans and all her other social media stuff. But on this episode, you're going to hear about how that journey happened, how she went from being a Disney star. Okay, that was like a real vanilla show that she was on to being hardcore triple X girl that's into anals, gangbangs, DPs. We talk about all of that stuff. She's married. She's been married uh, for a long time. She talked about how, and this is something that she did while she was with her husband. They talked about it. He was always okay with it. She talks about how they define their relationship, how he felt at first when she brought it up. She talks about how her family reacted when she told them. She talks about how her cast reacted, who was okay with it and who was not. She also talks about how the industry as a whole, the entertainment business industry as a whole reacted to her coming out and when she did. Her her journey does include her living out all of her fantasies. I think I mentioned before, she talks about gangbangs and DPs. Like that's the stuff that she gets to do on film that she loves, uh, that she can do at home. But she talks about the difference about at-home sex, porn sex, <laughs> She gives some really interesting little tips at the end, like anal tips, squirting tips. She gives you a little behind the scenes, like what do they use on a porn set to make fake jizz? You're going to find out. She talks about that. Um, And then she talks about her relationship with Deeper.com. I had never heard about Deeper.com. It is a female-led porn company that makes these really amazing movies. Her movie Drift. She talks about that at the end is available. You should go check that out. Uh, But first check out this episode because you're going to get a great overall picture of her story. So and then you could go buy her book and get more details. But uh, I'm going to be right back on with Maitland Ward. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. 
Uh, hi, Maitland Ward. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Nice to talk with you today. Yeah, well, listen, I typically have people calling in talking about their secret lives, and I was always hoping that I would get on the DL, kind of like the mass singer that like somebody, quote unquote, famous or in the public eye would call into my show, like I said, undercover anonymous, like I typically am doing and talk about their secret lives, because mm -hmm. so many people do live secret lives, or they're doing these kinds of things that there's so much stigma attached to it, and they're keeping it under wraps. But what's even better than that is to have somebody like you who's putting it out there has been in the public eye and you're not even doing it as a secret. I mean, you have this really super interesting life. You're the Disney girl gone to a porn actress, right? Disney actress gone porn actress. And you are out about that. I mean, you just put a book out, right? It came out in September. It's called Rated mm -hmm. X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. And to me, there's nothing more liberating than really putting it out there like who you really are and not hiding the fact, not calling me up on the DL about a secret life. Here you are someone that was on an iconic show. You were in a show called Boy Meets World. It went off air when in 2000? Yeah, around then, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and now you're a very successful, famous porn actress and out there. That's what I think is most important and amazing that you had the courage to do that because I, I don't think a lot of people would. Yeah, it's interesting because it's funny. One of the first shoots I did, another, because a lot of people change their names in porn to, you know, be secret, like you said, so they yeah. won't have to go out in the public as their real name or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the performers said to me, wow, you just go out there with your like real name and everyone knows. And I'm like, can you imagine if I went out there and I tried to change my name and like, hide my identity? It would with be your so face. great. They'd be the scandal of the, like, she's trying to hide this. She's ashamed. And I'm so not ashamed. It was such a, it's been such a journey for me um, in my own sexuality and my own exploration. And it started like before I did anything in professional porn. Right. Uh, I was doing my own content and my own stuff. And I was just taking... I was just doing things and my fans were watching along the way. It was really cool. They've been on with me on this whole journey of all my exploration pretty much except, you know, years ago in my personal life. But but this this journey, they've seen everything on my content and stuff. And I was just doing things I wanted to do and trying things I wanted to try. And, and that really was liberation for me. Uh, I was able to finally not be in this box or this pigeonhole that Hollywood wanted to put me in and wanted to keep me there. They didn't want to hire me for this person that they put in the box or yeah, yeah, yeah. do anything new. They wanted to keep me there. I say like it's like Christmas ornaments in an attic. You bring it out every so often, but you put it back in the rest of the time. So nothing. So in that you just said that you had it's not like you went straight to porn. I mean, you didn't do your first porn movie till 2019. So there's this huge mm -hmm. gap, but it wasn't like from black to white. It wasn't like you just went into porn. You said you were doing things slowly and getting in touch with that side of yourself and you were putting that out there from the get-go like what what does that mean like were you on Instagram well, or Twitter I, yes it, social media had a huge part of it and even before that mm -hmm. uh, I had moved away I got married and moved away to New York and I was really that's actually when I really was able to explore myself because I had I don't know I was able to take a breather when I was away from Hollywood and that whole machine and the, just yeah. that whole competition between actresses and like what audition did you get did you book this are you at this party or premiere and I was just able to get away and really focus on myself and and I started really erotic writing and oh, it was interesting, interesting because, mm -hmm. yeah and I really found I was able to pour my truth out onto the page and it wouldn't judge me back I could just have it secret there yeah for me 
And so eventually, though, I became more comfortable with that. And I, I began to explore more and more. And then when I came back to L.A., I took screenwriting at UCLA for two years. And I really thought I was just going to write scripts, maybe of a more erotic light or a more, you know, I did dark comedy with very sexual undertones and stuff. And I always found myself writing that kind of character, which was interesting. Yeah. That kind of sexually empowered woman who had been unempowered for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but then Girl Meets World, the spinoff from Boy Meets World came around. Mm-hmm. And it that not that that tied into it, it, there was just more renewed interest in the cast. And I've been told, you know, you can't be sexy. You can't do things you want to do. Like my sexual scripts, no, they're not, you know, they're too much. You can't dress in bikinis on your Instagram. You can't dress in costumes because I oh. love doing cosplay. Oh, interesting. So, mm-hmm. but I, eventually on my Instagram, I was like, forget it. They're not giving me anything. They're not, you know, they're just wanting to keep me in a, a box. And yeah. so I just said, forget it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I started doing cosplay photos and, and setups and bikinis and whatever I wanted to do. And my audience really started to respond. And that was kind of the beginning of me discovering that I love this exhibitionism and this like shock kind of thing and like to, and, and exploring my body and my sexuality and being proud of that mm-hmm. because before I had been, you know, so uncomfortable, like with my body and with my sexuality and how I could, you know, portray that in Hollywood. Cause I had to hide so much of it in order to be like a good girl and a good sitcom and all of that. And so social media really was the instigator of me finding like who I was. And once I started to just authentically show who I was that's Mm -hmm. when people really started gravitating and following me and it's been amazing then I started to do content because I kept getting kicked off of social media I kept getting pictures taken down because they might have been so suggestive they weren't even like that bad just like oh yeah they don't have to be bikini Mm -hmm. yeah no I know yeah so I got kicked so my fans suggested that I do content and I didn't even know what that was but um quickly like I skyrocketed to the number one adult creator and on Patreon because I started off there because I didn't even know where to go it only fans was newer Not back around then, yet felt, right okay yeah mm-hmm. and so so I started doing that and I started you know it was doing my sexy cosplay pictures and nudes like playboy-esque type nudes and then I just wanted to explore more and more and I found and my husband was super supportive of me he saw that this is something that was really I wanted to do and it was I was passionate about and I was a good performer and so I started doing stuff with girls and then eventually it led to stuff with guys but it was um it was like a year and a half before I actually did a professional porn scene it was all you know very organic to my content creation and my fans were the ones who you know they paid to see it and it was kind of, it was, you know in that day it wasn't secret because I didn't keep it secret but it was a little secretive because it wasn't out to the mainstream public, everybody to find out. You'd really have to be my fan and to subscribe to my stuff in order to get this stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, mm-hmm. so when I did finally do a scene in professional porn and came out like that, that was when it really like everyone knew. And so the and I was so I just I I was proud of it. I was proud that I did this, and I and I took my own brand and my own business into my own hands. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast 
at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Yeah, and now I would assume that at some point you had to make a decision to say, bye-bye, Hollywood. And you never know because I think people are, our world is changing, thankfully, to be much more open-minded and stuff. And I yes. feel like eventually mainstream media will catch up. We're we're way closer than right. we used to be, right? But I mean, right. there had, absolutely. Yeah, thank God. But we, there had to have been a time where you, you had to cut ties. I mean, was do you remember that moment where you said it's either this or that and you made that choice? No, it wasn't a, a, an exact moment. Of course, I kept firing agents and publicists. Yeah, because they would they be did. like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't like I was saying, oh, I'm cutting off Hollywood. It was yeah, more yeah, yeah. like, it was more organic than that. It was slower than that. People yeah, yeah. think it was such a fast thing. Like I just did it. Mm-hmm. But it was it was just like, I just kind of fell into it. And it was meant to be in that way. And I felt comfortable with what I was doing. I think the moment is like when I started with my social media, just saying, I don't care anymore what people say. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to the judgment. That's more of it. It wasn't like going into porn and saying, Oh, I'm done with mainstream because I really, like you say, I really believe like now I couldn't have done what I've done and had the respect that I have. Yeah. And like people being more interested in mainstream and me and like, and interested in what I've done. Like if you would have done this 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like, especially back when I was on Boy Meets World and they were really controlling like our, our destinies, so to speak. Um, I could never have done this. I would have been shunned. That's why it was such a surprise when I came out in the press doing my first big feature for porn. Yeah. And everybody was supportive. I mean, they weren't, of course they had flashy headlines and Rachel's doing porn, but nobody tore me down. Nobody like degraded me. Nobody said she's desperate. They were all, the press was excited about it. And I was, So it was really, and I remember everybody in porn and everybody who I knew in mainstream was like, don't tell the press, they'll ruin you. And it actually was amazing because it just catapulted me into this, this other realm of porn and of performance. And, and it was really, it was really gratifying to know that I had done something that I created with my own hands and my own body and my own, you know, soul. And I uh, created this brand that really like was my own and I had control over it and I had control over like what my destiny would be not like I did when I was younger yeah and was just beholden to the Disney machine and it was organic I mean it wasn't like mm-hmm. thought out like oh I'm gonna go no. do an OnlyFans because girls are making 10 grand a month like no and they weren't that's there's a big difference no there was a huge I didn't think I'd make that much money when I started Patreon I right said, I said I'll be able to take some pictures and maybe I can put them into some photo shoots or like I, maybe I'll make 500000 a month. And then I was like, whoa. Like, I hadn't even mentioned it when I created my Patreon page. Yeah. I kind of put it together one night. And then the next morning, 20 people had signed up, and I hadn't mentioned it to anyone. And wow. I was like, wow. So I'll mention it. And by the end of the week, I had like 2,800 subscribers paying anywhere from like fifteen to $300. Wow. To, and I was like, wow. So they really are interested in me being sexy, unlike all those photographers, all those publicists and agents and managers and stuff who told me they wouldn't be interested mm-hmm. in the kind of stuff I wanted to do. So it really snowballed from there. And then of course, eventually later I got OnlyFans and I, I 
got a big OnlyFans with that. But um, yeah, this was really in the beginning stages when there wasn't that much content going around. Were your fans getting a sneak peek into you figuring out your sexuality too? I mean, had you been with women before or did this all sort of happen at the same time? Were you figuring that out and putting it out to your fans at the same time? I had been with women privately before, yes. Mm -hmm. But I would say that my sexual performance and my how I wanted my my sexuality to be shown to the public or to be, you know, just my authenticity. My fans were along with me every step of the way. They saw everything. Yeah. And it was really cool because I have people who, you know, they follow me on the, on deeper and the websites that I do now. Um, and on my only fans and everything. And they've been with me from the beginning and they remember like just, they remember back when I was getting kicked off and, and when like, (laughs) yeah. And then when Reddit was trying to steal all my content, like right when I started, it was a big deal for like people on Reddit to like rip off my content and like put it everywhere. And it was like a nightmare. So I was just, cause I was just trying to figure out everything back then. And I didn't even know about that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, in the beginning days getting Rachel's nudes were a big deal <laughs> to put all over the internet. Oh my God. But, so uh, many guys that watched you then grew up yeah. with you and it's like that you grew together. It's really true. And it's so mm-hmm. cool when people say, Oh, you know, I was 16 and masturbated to you. And now I'm like, I have your fleshlight and I have, like, I'm still <laughs> masturbating to you. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's a long relationship. And you've known me all these years doing yeah. it. So it's like most people, cause they don't, that they don't have that longevity and like a, and that sort of intimate connection with people. Yeah, totally. And it's real. Like I said, yeah. it's not just, oh, I'm doing this to make money. And now you, you mentioned that you had a husband. Did you get married super young? No, I didn't get married super young in my late twenties. Oh, okay. So um, I had known him a long time. So okay. we had like known each other and we'd gone back and forth a long time. And I was so, I was so scared of like marriage and commitment like that. I didn't want this traditional thing, even though I lived in a world where I was expected to have a very traditional um, marriage and like, you yeah. know, whatever family unit, but I was like, tr- I didn't want it. So I kept resisting, but then he's so open-minded that he was like, why do we have to do everything like everybody else? Can't we have our own deal? And then that really switched my mind and it helped. And and the commitment that I had, that I have to him and had to him at the time, like I said, really helped me have an anchor at home and then be able to explore things outside because I could have a safe place to go back to if I got scared or if I got, you know, scared of what I was confronting in myself and finding out about myself. So, um, so that really was a, a place where I felt I could, come home, but then I can go and like, you know, find myself many ways and sexually too. Cause I had repressed a lot of that for so long. And he recognized a lot of that in me too, that I needed to do that because I had been so repressed and I had, I was so adventurous in my heart, but I, I stomped out that adventure for right. so long. And now what kind of, cause I mean, you're doing porn now, so you're having sex with other people. What kind of, mm-hmm. does your husband see other people? What kind of how do you label your relationship? Actually, we live a very monogamous relationship. I don't mm-hmm. go out and like date people and stuff, except some women. And he understands that I, I need to explore myself with women. Some, okay. You know, uh-huh. That is not a big deal. That never has been a big deal. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. In the beginning. And we had to talk about that in the beginning and stuff. Um, and it's, yeah, I talk about that in the book. Um, but with men, I do it on set. And I think we found like he knew. He actually recognized a lot in me that I wanted to perform and do all these things like that he couldn't do here yeah. in my in my marital life. I mean, I couldn't do gangbangs and like uh, oh. DPs and like yeah, yeah, all yeah. these things with 
acrobatic things, dungeons and all. He, it's not part of his thing. And I respect that. I mean, he's, he's, you know, intimate and more traditional in that way. Yeah. Um, but he recognizes that I need to do these things. So we felt like when I started doing content, I started doing, we found two guys that were longtime porn performers who were wonderful and taught me so much mm-hmm. to get into regular professional porn. But, um, we were very lucky. We found, we found that doing it with porn performers and then later doing it in porn is such a safe space for me to explore because, they're professionals. They come in, they know what the job is. We have a great time. We do all this stuff and then they go home. It's not like there's a, there's not like an intimate connection with it. There's, and there's an, no there's blurred a, lines because no, they, they know you the know DL. what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I, my husband was there the first time I did a full sex scene for my, you know, Snapchat, Patreon videos or whatever for my videos that I sold. Yeah. Um, and then he was there and we, we were wondering if it was going to be uncomfortable and it wasn't, it was just the guy came in and he was nice and he talked to my husband about football and went, okay. And then we started the scene, we did the scene. And I, and I remember the, the guy, Danny mountain, who um, was the first guy I fully, you know, had intercourse with mm-hmm. um, on stream. I, he's, I asked him later, what do you remember about that first time? Cause we're still very good friends and we've done so many videos and stuff together. And he's like, you weren't nervous. And I, I was like, yeah, I wasn't. I, once I got into it, I loved it. I loved the performance of it. I loved just letting myself go in that environment on, on, you know, film like that. And it was just so freeing to me and it wasn't weird between my husband and I, it was kind of like this, it was really this safe space. That um, and he doesn't come to any of the professional porn sets now, but yeah, um, but that was really important for us to like test the waters there and see how that was for us, and it was fine, and it was it was thrilling for me. Well, I would think that your acting background would really help you out, and it's probably why you have won awards in the porn world because <laughs> that's like the worst part of porn is the bad fucking acting. Like, why <laughs> don't more of them learn how to act a little bit? Because the, sometimes the bad acting really takes away from what you're watching and I would assume that for you a part of why you weren't nervous is because you have that acting skill down you're an actress that's true I do know like the cameras and I, I know yeah. how to act with the cameras and stuff and it's been so great to be able to make like what I do a deeper um which is the site that I'm in the face of um we do lo- lengthy full scripted full like directed acting features and I'm able to really act in it. and I hope that I bring something different to the table. I really think if, you know, it's funny about acting. I think the one issue in porn, which I don't really have an issue with cause I can act fast and I can, and I can do it and I can yeah. memorize my lines and everything that I don't think that there are a lot of people are used to the lines and they're not used to, they don't have enough rehearsal time for it. I think mm-hmm. if they were more comfortable in their space, yeah. like I think that would really help. I think, um, but there's not a lot of time, especially I mean, when we do productions, there is more time for it. But like for most scenes, there's not, there's not a lot. There's you just go in and go out and you learn your lines. So it's like you're just reading it cold a lot of times for people. Oh, it like, is that first time. What is when you said you're the face? You're the face of um, something. Deeper.com, which is one of the Vixen Media brands, and it's uh, directed by and created by Caden Cross, and it was really a brand that was. Uh, she had a vision of making films that has she that's because it's a she and she i know she's the director of the year three times in a row and it was really cool to uh we just by total happenstance well i think it was fate because i had done a scene for vixen and it blew up that was one of my very first very first scenes uh and it blew up and they uh she had actually been she had just launched her brand with the vixen media group 
brand because mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of different brands. Um, and she was the like the creative, but she's sort of like the um, the independent film, like art film kind of thing that was of the poor that world, was what they right? Were going for. yeah, mm-hmm. like the the wins awards at festivals and things like that. If yeah, I love it. Award. And so uh, she lost her co-star, lead actress, and on this new feature she was going to do, she was under a time constraint to film it. And she thought on like Mike's scene that blew up came out on a Saturday and on Monday morning, she, her scene was also filming and she lost the actress that same day. She came into the Vixen offices and was like, I don't think I can do this feature. I can't find a person who can act and do all these lines right? and stuff. And they were like, talk to Maitland. She just blew up and she's an actress. She's an actual actress. Yeah. And so, so I read her script and it was brilliant. And it was like something I had always wanted to do. It had, it was fully scripted. It was like, I was reading an audition for mainstream or, mm-hmm. um, and so we met that afternoon at a Starbucks and we hit it off and that was the history. And then we started the film and it was, it was amazing. And it was, it just really broke all records. And it, um, it was just so cool to be able to do something that, that was different for porn. And it was something that I had always wanted to do. I thought, you know, why can't we have good acting and and writing and, and filmmaking and have sex. And, right. and this was something I fell into and I, um, and it was, it was really a, an amazing opportunity that now three years later. <laughs> I mean, I know that your husband was along for the journey. Uh, what about your family? Like when you decided to do porn and it, you were really going to be out there, is that when you told them or did they also go on that long journey with you? So it wasn't like, some no, surprise? They, <laughs> well, when I was younger, see, I was very straight laced. My parents weren't like, my grandmother was very religious and she, she definitely wanted me wait till marriage. She would had all these rules and everything. Yeah. Typical. Did, and they, and they did too. They weren't quite as religious about it, but more like they wanted me to be a good girl. And, and, but it was more, I think all of them was more that they wanted me to be safe and careful and yeah. not get hurt and like that. It wasn't like they were punishing me in the basement or anything, but you know, I just definitely felt that, that need to be a good girl. And so, no, they didn't come along the journey with me. I think they did know that I was doing like sexy cosplay stuff and I knew they knew I was in the press doing, you know, comic cons and, and maybe bikini shots and stuff, but they didn't know anything about my Patreon and, yeah. and me doing the adult stuff. But when drive the film, the first film I did with Caden cross for deeper mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. it like broke everything because it like it beat Bernie Sanders heart attack for like the most searched <laughs> on Google. Oh wow. That day. So wait, it's called so, dry. That was your coming out movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my dad saw it in the New York post. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he called me and I was like, oh, my God, this is the moment of reckoning. I yeah. I tried to avoid him for a little bit. But um, so we went to my parents' house and my parent husband and I, and we talked to them. But they shocked me with how supportive they were of my happiness in that way. They didn't want to know, like, details. details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were so proud of me that I had done this and, and taken these chances and found this success and – and you know what? I think it, it's true. If you have good people really in your life, people are always worried about, oh my God, they're going to judge me. They're going to hate me. They're going to you know, do this. But as long as they're not terrible people, mm-hmm. um, generally they are going to be happy if you're happy. Right. Like they're going to accept you for your authentic yourself. And I really saw that with my parents and I saw that I built up a lot of it in my mind over the years, not for the porn stuff, but for being this good girl. I mean, I thought that they would judge me so harshly and they didn't. And it was, it was a very good conversation with both of them. And 
and it was funny and looking back on it just the the way that it happened with the new york post and you have an interview like talk to them and it was just um but it's been good and they've been very supportive they don't look at anything uh but they um they have been super supportive Hey, girls, do you want to have great orgasms, like the best orgasms you've ever heard? <laughs> then you need to get yourself a Crescendo Vibrator by Mystery Buy. It is the world's first award-winning, fully customizable smart vibrator. And get this, it is bendable. And I mean fully bendable. So you could bend it into a finger so you could hit your G-spot. Listen, we all know everybody is different, right? Well, so is everybody. And because the crescendo is bendable, it can adapt specifically to your body shape, whether you're playing alone or with your partner, whether you're a woman or a man, the crescendo is for you. It's for me. It's the only vibrator I use. Want to know why I'm obsessed with it? Just go to mysteryvibe.com and check it out. Once you see it, you're going to be like, holy effing shit. Like, why haven't they been making vibrators like this all along? So go to mysteryvibe.com, okay? And you're going to get 15% off when you use my code STRICTLY15. Plus an additional 25% off on top of that. So go now, use my code STRICTLY15 for 15% off plus an additional 25% off. Thanks, Mystery Vibe, for sponsoring this episode. I think that's timing, too. A lot of the times I feel like you were really at the point where you were not judging yourself. You were very clear mm-hmm. about what you were doing. So I think if you come to people from that place, that's what you get back. It wasn't yes, like I you were, totally right? You really were clear about it. And that's uh-huh. when you threw it on the table. I think the problem comes when you start for this stuff first starts percolating and you don't even know, and you might still be judging yourself and then you put it out there and then you get judgment back and it makes it right. all big fat fucking mess. But I think it was because you were, you had been, this was a long time coming for you and you were completely clear and ready to be who you were. Yeah. And I think that's true in the press and everything that yeah. I, when I put it out there, I think a lot of people, if they feed into the shame, then the, then the vultures come, they, yes. they smell the blood. Yeah. But if you're happy and you're, you're, you know, true to yourself and you're confident and positive about it, what can they say? Oh, you're happy. You can't be happy. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, if you yeah. have no zero shame, they can't, they don't smell yeah. one ounce of it on you. Th- th- there won't be any. Yeah. Very much. Very true. Very true. And now as far as like SEX is concerned, I mean, you were, you threw out there before, like, oh, my husband can't do gangbangs, DPs, all this. Is that all the stuff that you do in your movies? Yes. I'm not. Listen, I think people thought I would come in and be very light, like very, you know. Oh, no. I I won't. You're hardcore. All of it. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I do more things than a lot of girls in this industry do. Like, um. I found I was very good at anal, like, mm-hmm. uh, with very large members. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, um, yeah. And I just did this DP for this, for this film we did. And, you know, I have like so I have all these acts, gangbangs, orgies. I've done all of them. Um, it's just so fun to me to just take it to the next level and explore and stuff. And I'm not somebody who's, you know, gonna shy away from a challenge, I guess. Right. But I think it's a fun challenge. And um, again, it's in this environment where it's controlled like this. We did a huge orgy, but it's like so 
I don't know, it's so orchestrated and, and you have to, you know, hit your marks in certain ways. And it's, it's, it's just interesting. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the guys I work with, I get to choose my cast who I want to work with. Oh, that's cool. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'm very confident in a lot of people that I, that I have, I'm not just like surprised one day somebody comes in. So I get, I get very top line talent. So I'm very fortunate in that way. Just, you know, being the contract star like that, that I do get all of that say. So, um, so yeah, I've had some wonderful talent to work with, but it would be very, very hard in real, my real life to go out, even if I was single and whatever, to go out and find guys who wanted to do a double penetration. I mean, it's not easy. And how are you going to find people you necessarily trust or won't do something or some it's, it's, it's not like this way. It's just a way that I can express myself in this safe, controlled environment. Yeah. I mean, it's all, like you said, it's all orchestrated for you. I mean, but you're mm-hmm. still getting to live out your fantasies. Is, yes. You're you're enjoying all this, all this exploration. Oh yeah. Yeah. Quick question about your husband. Then I have more specific questions about like the sex stuff that you're into. Uh-huh. I mean, has, was the journey for him easy? I mean, were there any t- time during this whole thing that he got jealous or he was freaked out or was he always completely fine with it? You know what? He, you know, I was actually talking to him the other day. He said he would get like a little twinge in the beginning, like, oh, mm-hmm. is she going to fall for this guy? But then he said it would quickly take over to the point where, wait, she's she's hot and she's doing this. I think he really enjoys seeing me in my full sexual power, you yeah. know, like he's not a cuck. He doesn't care about the guys or the, you know, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like watching that or any, that doesn't like interest him, but he does love seeing me like truthful and, and empowered in my sexuality. So he thinks that's very hot with me. So he says, he says that he's never gotten jealous to the point where he would like, he never did anything or try or like argued and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, but he'd, he'd feel a twinge in the beginning. Now eh, it's old hat. He knows most of the people I work with anyway. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like, he, with the girls, it was not a twinge. He says he's never had any problems with that. And he, you know, understood that. And he, he likes that probably better than, you know, anything the with guy. the guys. But, right, right, right. But, um, yeah, just in the, in the beginning, probably a little bit, but he, he, yeah, he's very comfortable with it now, but yeah, probably, you know, a little bit. And what about your guy's sex life? Did this add to it? Because here you are going out and having all these like amazing experiences and then you come home. Is it like, oh, the guy who's cooking cookies all day number doesn't want to fucking eat them when he gets home? Or is it like (laughs) makes you more horned up because you just had all this action. Now you want to go home and do it with your husband. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not on the same day, but (laughs) but it does. Yes, it definitely adds to the action. And I I learn new things and Mm -hmm. I and I'm very like he's like he likes like I'm very sexually empowered. And I and I I am very like much more comfortable with myself. And and because, you know, when I very, very, very first knew him, I wasn't so comfortable with my body and my sexuality and myself. And I was trying to be just like, you know a very vanilla kind of person, but now it's exciting and stuff. So it definitely adds to us, but it also, I also like a different kind of sex with him, more of an intimacy, like yeah. more of a, not the acrobatics all the time and, and all that. It's, it's different. It's just different. It's much more of an emotional intimacy as opposed to, you know, this act, this, this big acrobatic kind of thing that's fun and challenging and thrilling. But then there's like the sex at home that's, while we do can add some of that to it, it's I like I really enjoy the intimacy of it all and the safe feeling of, you know, being home and comfy and 
having that wonderful, you know, warm sex. Yeah. So it's like apples and oranges and you have both. Yeah. Yeah. You get both. Right. Yeah. Which and is I, kind of amazing, right? Yeah, it is. It's really amazing. I am very fortunate. Yeah. And now are there any, I mean, you said that you, you found out you loved anal and you could take really large insertions. Is that something that you tried for the first time there? It's like, did, what kinds of things did you learn about sex from doing porn? Well, it's interesting. I had done anal in my personal life, but I mean, these dicks in porn, I mean, they're <laughs> 12 inches. I mean, come on. Oh my God. I mean, seriously, Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to find it. Even though my husband is very nice. It's not 12. Oh it's not a foot long. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I did find out, I, and in the book I write a whole chapter on, on anal preparation. That was a big deal too because it's not just doing anal sex. It's preparing for it, cleaning out, and making sure there's nothing like, you know, coming out that you don't want to be seen on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was this whole thing, but I did find out that I, I do anal sex with large cocks very easily because the other day I was on a scene. <laughs> And I actually actually had an accidental anal where there was a lot of lube involved. And all of a sudden, it went all the way up. And I was like, oh, we're going here. But then they're like, no, we're not. This isn't an anal scene. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. It just it slid is. in the and other like, hole. Wow. Huh? Yeah, it just it slid like, in the wow. hole. <laughs> yeah. It just went right in. And I was like, fine. And I, uh, yeah, so I have a, I found I can, I have a very nice anal cavity, <laughs> I guess. Because a lot of girls have to have, some girls have trouble. It's just how you're built. It's some girls have a lot of trouble uh, opening up all the way, all the way up in there, you know. I mean, I always wonder, and I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle, but like when you're watching porn, you're like wondering, are these real orgasms? Or are they not? Uh, and I, I love anal. I'm a three input girl. I've always been oh, into it. So I know about it. Yeah. And I know that like the more horny you get and the more you feel fucking good, like the more you open up and you could do oh, yeah, anything could exactly. get in there. So you must be really turned on <laughs> or you're oh, loose yeah, in your and your asshole. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I really totally am. And yeah. it's like, we are having orgasms. Yeah. Sure, you have to do them to the camera and you have to think about like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, but of course, these guys are professionals. They really know what they're doing. It's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. it's not like just some random guy. It's like these guys know what they're doing. And, um, you know, so yeah, it's definitely a turn on. And you're right. You, in order to have a good anal, you have to be relaxed and turned on to really like open up and feel great about it. And I, yeah, I really... You know, and once you're having sex for a little while and you get turned on, that's when to go for it. Don't just like go in dry. Like, oh my God. You know? That's why every woman hates anal because some yes, guy in I, their life at some point said, can I? Right. And she's like, okay. And he shoved it in. I'm like, you can never, do, I right. can do that. It's a worst. I know. And you know, you know, and men in porn absolutely know this. So you do warm up like you do do that. Right. Um, and if, but it was funny the first time I did anal, uh, the guy, super sweet guy, Manuel Ferrer, um, he was really like, okay, we're going to take it slow. We're going to do this. He was very kind. It was like, a, and I was like, okay. And then he, he goes, let's, he's a spooning is actually the easiest way to do it first. Yeah. But, oh, interesting. Okay. So we, yeah. So we, that's what he told me and he was right, but he did it and he was like, okay, I'm, I'll pull out. We'll, we'll like relax if you need to. But the thing is it went all the way in and <laughs> we just went the whole scene for like 35 minutes or whatever. Oh my God. Hilarious. He was like, wow. I just was like, let's go with it if you're okay. <laughs> he didn't realize what a professional you were. I was, I was so proud of myself afterwards. <laughs> Do you remember your first gangbang? I mean, what's the most amount of guys you've had in one of your gangbangs in your movies? Um, Four. Four. Yeah. And I had my first gangbang last year. And then I just had 
Oh, another one that hasn't come out yet. That's going to be that actually I'll just give the audience a preview. It has an anal train in it. But oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> but that hasn't come out yet. But um, I had a gangbang last year and it was funny because it was cool because Danny Mountain, who I had was the first guy that I did my content with that, you know, he was in it. So oh, it was wow. kind of like a coming full circle. Did you so pick cool him or did they set it all up? Um, they suggested, but I definitely said, yeah, let's have Danny. I want Danny there. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was both of us. But, um, and then I had another guy that I knew and just a f- group of four great guys who were so helpful with it. But the most, the most thing about that is that I realized it's so hard when there's like, I, to put it to mild, I guess, yeah. <laughs> all these dicks flying at you. Like you, <laughs> you really, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work if you're the only one. An orgy is much easier because it's, you know, it's kind of in and out. There's girls, there's a lot of people, but, um, man, if you're the only one with four guys, it's like, you're the attention, you have to go back and forth and back and forth. And like, it's, um, it's super enjoyable, but I was like the athleticism of it is it's definitely required. It's a lot <laughs> like, of work. <laughs> yeah. A lot of decks. I lost so many earrings. I lost like, <laughs> I lost hair. I lost eyelashes, hair I lost everything in that shoot. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Or did you like learn anything, how, like any tricks while you've been doing porn? Like, did you go from not being able to squirt to being able to squirt to, or were you like, are you multi orgasmic? Like, can you do those things and, or did you learn them through doing so much porn? I've always been multi orgasmic, especially if, if I have one orgasm, I can have a bunch. Right. Like, it's getting to that first orgasm. Then once you do, um, I can do, uh, it's, I've always been like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but squ- squirting has actually been the most difficult thing for me, but I have learned tricks about it. What are um, they? Just, well, you definitely have to be hydrated because it comes from a place of like, you have to have like fluid, like hydration in you. So you definitely oh. have to be hydrated. So a lot of girls will drink like Pedialyte beforehand. Oh, I never heard of that. See, these yeah, are like those little tricks that you know that yes, we don't know. Yeah. Because yeah, it makes totally. you so hydrated because people, if you're dry, if you don't have a lot of hydration in you, there's going to be no fluid. Like there's... You know, mm-hmm. it's just naturally because you're not going to have fluid in your body. Right. Um, so that is a trick, the Pedialyte. Although, you know, it's uh, squirting is uh, in the scene is, is hard for me because I'm I'm all, like so into the orgasm and all that kind of stuff that I'm not somebody who just naturally projectile squirts. Yeah. So it's more of a so I, it's more of like I need to warm up a lot. That's my thing. I need to I figured out that I I generally squirt better when I'm like we do it slowly, slowly, not like when we're in the midst of a scene and really like in the, you know, the drama and the acrobatics of it all. I like to do it when it's like, we can really, you know, build up to it. But yeah, Pedialyte is it. And I learned like on your period, you use a sponge, like not a tampon, like a cosmetic sponge and you put it up there and guys and guys in porn are so like not, they don't even think about periods. They'll dig it out for you at the end. They oh, don't, wow. it's like, they're so open-minded, not that they shouldn't be, but a lot of guys in real life are kind of like, Oh God, period. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> These guys are used to it. Um, also like we use Cetaphil, like face wash is used a lot of times for photos for the cum shots on your oh, face. Oh, that's so funny. I love these little insider to, uh, yeah. yeah, because, because first of all, they can't come twice. If we're doing photos, it would be bad for them. They wait till the scene to come. Yeah. Um, and so if we're doing photos first, so, um, we just do the Cetaphil and also shows up better on camera. Like oh, that's so thicker. funny. That's like it, what they use yeah. as jizz. Cetaphil. Yes. Either that or, or uh, what's that stuff called? 
it's certain lube that's spunk lube, spunk lube. Right. But it's the same thing, really. It looks the same. Um, so wait a second. You have an OnlyFans, too. I was just going to say, though, mm-hmm. let me just say this first. Like, obviously, because you were doing stuff before, like videos and everything for your Patreon. I mean, did you realize you were an you would I would assume you're an exhibitionist that's what I was gonna say right I yes. mean that you do you get off on knowing that people are watching you getting turned yeah, on by you I love that mm-hmm. and I discovered that you're right I discovered that more when I started doing my social media posts I really found that that was such a turn on for me and then when people are watching me on Patreon and OnlyFans it's it's a, so much of a turn on that is definitely something like I loved the scanty outfits and being shocking with that and it was right. it was it was so much fun for me and what do what do people get on your OnlyFans that they don't get on because you have your movies and you and stuff yeah. and your do you still have that Patreon? I still have it, although it's not like it was. And mm-hmm. a Patreon changed a lot of rules too. Yes, yeah. They used to be a lot more open with stuff than mm-hmm. they are now. But yeah, I still have it for my very core members. And yeah, people can sign up to it if they want for me. It's Maitland Ward, but but then I uh, have like the majority of everybody is on the OnlyFans because I like have like 30,000 subscribers on there and like you must um, make so much effing money it's, it's amazing <laughs> but on there yeah I get to be I get to have my personal stuff and I I make so many custom videos for people oh like, interesting where they get you know I say their name and I do what they you know want and it's cool because a lot of times I get a lot of ones that where they just want me to like dirty talk and dominate and like during the pandemic, I got things like they wanted to pretend like they were out on a date with someone or on a date with me or they met me at a bar because they couldn't meet people and they couldn't be with people. Oh, wow. So it was like, yeah, so it was really cool. I got to have that really human interaction with people. And we and I did a lot of live shows. I do that. And, you know, I just sell a lot of picture sets and videos and things like that. So, so oh, so you do live show, meaning like live streams and people are watching you. What do they see? Like you like have you having sex or do you set up like little porn shoots there? Or is it just you solo? I do, you with- I do more solo stuff, but during like, especially during the pandemic, I had a like a plastic doll guy like a whole torso mm-hmm. and, he, and he had a, like a straight up dick and and no head so I was like look he's always ready and he never talks back oh my god. <laughs> so he was quarantine man so oh my god hilarious so I do that but yeah, I'll do it with dildos and vibrators and stuff I don't generally have somebody with me I mean I think I might coming up though it might be fun but especially I you know I do a lot of solo stuff on there now, you you said that people were super supportive when you came out. I mean, in the industry, when we're talking like, and you don't have to give names or anything, but were you surprised like, or did like anyone reach out to you that you were surprised of? And what about your cast? I can't believe I forgot about that. Like how were- From Boy Meets World? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to say Trina, who played mm-hmm. Angela, she was very supportive. Actually, she was vocally supportive when I first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, Will Friedel. Mm-hmm. He's been over the time he calls me and he texts me and he's, he's very supportive. He says he won't watch anything cause I'm like his sister, Yeah, yeah. but, but he says he's very, he's very supportive. And actually, um, somebody I wrote about a lot in the book was Michael Jacobs, the executive producer. Um, after the book came out, we actually had like an hour and a half conversation. He called me. Oh and, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And we talked out a lot of stuff and it was, it was very good. I mean, it, it's been a lot of years. So I, a lot of time has passed since all of that and, and I had a lot of troubles back then, and and I, t- I talk a lot about that. Um, but I was I have to say I'm so happy that he wanted to speak to me like that, and and we had a good in depth conversation. Of and he said he's proud of me. He mm-hmm. said he's very proud of me. And um, but other than that, it's been crickets from the cast. Oh really? And I know Danielle. I think she has a real problem with it. 
like um she like when girl meets world came around after you know spinoff from boy meets world you know she had been to my wedding uh and we had a great time and and she was wonderful and i thought wow we're grown up now we can be friends and before like when i was on boy meets world she was seemed so much younger yeah four years younger three or four years younger it's like oh my god she's a child and i'm an adult but but now it's like of course yeah but then I came to the set of Girl Meets World for the pilot just to see. And she didn't want to talk to me. She didn't want to say hello to me. Oh, wow. And she didn't invite me to her wedding. That was her first wedding. Um, and I had written her a note on Facebook saying, I just want to tell her congratulations. I think you're going to be beautiful, all this stuff, um, and give her a little advice. But she she says she never got it. And I think she she actually did not probably get it because she – had actually unfriended me on Facebook. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I don't know what the difficulty there is because back then I wasn't even doing porn and not to say that she should judge me because I'm doing porn. I hope that we could be friends just because we were friends and we worked together. And I don't think you have to support everything I do or, or yeah. agree with it or whatever. But I like, I respect you for being my co-star and being somebody that I spent time with. And I, um, Somebody said, no matter what, the cast is always going to be together, no yeah. matter through time. We're never going to be able to be apart from each other, really, because we're connected in that time and space throughout, mm-hmm. you know, and it keeps airing and stuff. So um, so that was a, that's an interesting thing. And I hope in the future we can talk. But, yeah, other than that, not that I expected Mr. Feeney, Bill Daniels, to say anything. <laughs> I, please, I, like, take him out of the equation. Of course. But my contemporaries, that was the thing that was, like, more hurtful. But that. did you get any support that you were surprised uh, uh, from? Oh. I mean, not even just from the cast, but just from people in the industry that not the porn industry, but the regular uh, entertainment yeah. industry that came to support you. Because I think it's pretty brave what you did. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I think in the beginning when when they some people saw that I was doing Patreon, I was doing these things. They probably thought I was crazy or I'd, yeah, whatever yeah. I was doing. <laughs> yeah. But once they saw the, the, the success I was having and how happy I was mm-hmm. and how I was winning awards and I was like um, making films that I was proud of, they really started to come around. I started to get so much more respect from a lot of people in the industry and like yeah. people in the background too that you wouldn't know, like not actors, but like they would say, you know what, that's really cool. I love what you did. I, I'm so, that's so empowering. And so they finally kind of saw especially when I started my professional porn career, they saw, wait a minute, this is something that's, that's different. And she did something, she took it into her own hands and and is in control of it. And she's happy and she's having success. And so I think a lot of people actually surprised me with that. Like old producers or people like who would work behind the scenes, they call me and they're, or they text me and say, wow, I'm really empowered by that. And so, um, yeah, it's that, that was, so I definitely think there was a lot of people. And what's, I mean, because cause you've been in the entertainment business and you were successful mm-hmm. there. Now you're very successful in the porn business. Like, what's the difference? Do you feel, I would assume you probably feel more free in the porn industry. I mean, or is it just as fucked up as the entertainment industry or is there a very big difference? I mean, is it like anything else where there's good stuff and bad stuff? Well, of course it's like anything else. Yeah. Of course, I work at a very high end level. So. Yeah. Just like with means, like I, you know, I was actually told by a producer, don't say mainstream and porn because it's not. You're an actor. Whatever you're doing, you're an actor. You mm-hmm. can act in whatever genre you want. And I think that was a good, yeah, piece of advice. Although I have to differentiate some on these things just so people <laughs> understand. But um, when, like in the porn industry, I definitely feel free. I can be myself. I can do what I want to do. I have, I have such like power and 
and I can, you know, take control of, you know, the reins of my own destiny. Um, and, but you know what, if you were starting out, there might be some creepy guys that would, you know, lure you to do things that maybe they're not a reputable company, just like in uh, Hollywood, maybe yeah, totally. independent filmmakers or photographers like lure you into doing something you don't want to do. It's true everywhere. I think, um, but I think in porn, the problem is if something like that happens, people aren't listened to, like women aren't listened to, like during the whole me too movement, a lot, the porn women who had had any problems coming up or had, had issues with, I don't know, directors or, or performers, whatever in the past, they weren't listened to or their their testimony wasn't given the weight of mainstream actors. Yeah. Because, oh, you do sex for a living. You should just always accept it. But no, you do sex on your own terms and with consent. Yeah. Just like before every scene we do, we have to give consent and sign paperwork and talk about it and show our IDs and say on a film that you want to do this. And um, so I think that normalizing the industry, like not making it perfect or evil is what is the goal, because we just want to see it as something normal that people they can have a conversation with people can talk to. And it, it's not it's integrated into society without the taboos and stigmas. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like nothing's perfect in life. Of course, but, right. But if they're able to talk about things, if people have a problem, then it can get fixed and find a resolution much more than if it's like pushed aside as taboo and we you don't deserve to have a voice on this. So um, I, so I think that, yeah, normalizing it is, is the main goal. And do you have any part of yourself that like, oh, in 20 years you wish you could maybe do something more mainstream and get back into – that world yeah definitely mm -hmm. and i like i filmed a this television pilot last year where i was able to be a producer on it. it's a, it's a very positive look comedy sitcom mm -hmm. on the porn industry and so that was amazing to be back on a set yeah. like for a, a comedy in mm -hmm. mainstream and, and it was kind of bridging both worlds but i definitely think so i think the world is changing i think there's some people out there that want to like cancel porn and all that but i oh. think the voices of younger people and I really see this in younger women and stuff who are really empowered by, you know, taking control of their own sexuality in their 20s and 30s and stuff. So I my hope is I can do a mainstream project, hopefully like sell my film, my book rights too of my story. But yeah, I hope there's a mainstream project where it would be on streaming, of course, because they're already so close with shows like Sex Life and everything where there would be like a full scripted movie and have sex in it. Maybe not like it is in porn where it's like 45 minutes of sex. Exactly. Maybe it's five, maybe it's five minutes and just glimpses of it. Mm -hmm. And where it's like, it's like really hot and it's, it takes the scene very organically into this like really hot place and, and actually has a story points with it. Cause you've seen so many movies where it's like, Oh, that's so hot. They're together. And then it cuts off. <laughs> I think the thing that porn lacks that you're saying what you wish would be, would be like a story about a woman and there's like, she has a full life and you see all that. And then you actually see her really enjoying sex too, as opposed to porn, yes. which is like the woman is like, Oh, she's like, she's getting fucked. And it's like the hot part of it. Yes, absolutely. And I'm fortunate with my characters, like on deeper.com. I'm always very much the one who's in control of my pleasure. And I like, right. I, I never play characters that are like succumb to this like stereotype of women just being fucked and abused or whatever i actually i i've probably abused a few men in my time <laughs> in that show. Yeah, yeah i tie some people up and i 
and they were funny. I've never actually ever played a MILF either. We really steered away from that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but yeah. I've always wanted to be not labeled anything. Mm-hmm. But then I also say my characters would never have children because she'd probably eat her young. But <laughs> <laughs> Because she's like, funny. yeah, she's. I have different characters, but they all are very, um, very sure of what they want sexually. Yeah, and they very much enjoy what they have, what they want. So, um, so that's been really cool. It's such a so against stereotype that you would think of, and and being that it's fulling fulling feature films that have these sex scenes that are hot and they add to the story. I've been really fortunate to make something like that. Yeah, that's great. I didn't ever even heard of that. Deeper.com. I hadn't either. It's, it's amazing that to me in the industry that I didn't realize that women directors are so prominent and they're, they win awards and they win the, like they make, there's several women directors who really are making films. I mean, Caden was really the first and, and she does it the best. I am biased, but yeah, she, we have, we have the biggest productions and the biggest money towards productions and to make it really professional. But there's some other films that are amazing and they're made by women and they're winning awards and they're, they're getting recognized. And, um, and I don't think people realize that the porn industry has such a female force in it. Yeah, that's that is it. is creating things. So, what would be your one movie if you wanted to tell people to go and watch it that you're the most proud of? Well, we have of? out now. Well, right now, my movie Drift is out, and it's actually a very dark, metaphorical kind of story. It ha- it's my journey, but it's not. It, but it mm-hmm. mirrors my journey in a very dark way. It's like Natural Born Killers meets Wandavision. Oh my god, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. But I like him, this America's sweetheart sitcom star. It's not Boy Meets World, but it's a sitcom. Uh-huh. Basically, we kind of like, we kind of uh, jump genres too. We go from like 50s, 60s, like all this really like cool special effects and stuff. And then um, I step off the soundstage and I find myself in the, you know, dark of night, like down this road where I find these different sexual adventures and escapades and stuff. But it, I'm really finding like my the deep, dark part of myself. That is a truth of myself, and uh, it really marries at the end very well. And and I think it's really cool, and it's something like we've never done before. It's 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 really special. So it's on deeper.com right now. Drift. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. So people could find you. That's one of your newest movie. They yeah. could also get and your I book. And I have my first DP. I have oh, my first DP. In, in that movie? <laughs> in that movie, yes. Oh, there you go. Wait, so and then people <laughs> could get your book, X-Rated, right? That's an, I mean, Rated, rated X. X. Yes. Rated X. How Porn it, Liberated Me From All. That's available on anywhere you could find, like on Amazon, yeah, whatever. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your bookstore. I don't, uh, yeah, it's available. And the audiobook is really selling really well because I read it all myself. Oh, there you go. Did you write your whole book like, since you were a writer and you were doing all the erotica? Did you write your book? Yes, I wrote a no ghostwriter, nothing. It was wow. me, every word of it. But I had a great editor who who streamlined me. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny because people think, oh, you, you're a celebrity memoir. You had a ghostwriter. No way. I wrote every single word of my book. Yeah, that's hard. So, that's amazing. And then I read it. And it's so weird reading it back to yourself, your whole life story back to yourself. But <laughs> it's healing. Don't, but I mean, I think there's a, something very therapeutic about doing something like that for anybody yeah. to write your life story and put it out there. And then, like you said, to go back and read it as a third person. Both of I those things is amazing. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's amazing. It's so amazing psychologically just yeah. to go back and see your life and see what you did and things you make mistakes you made, good things you did, things you should have done, like anything. You just like go back on it and see what it's like. Yeah, not only putting it out, I think writing it out and letting go of it is yeah. one thing, is part of it. And then watching it or reading it or seeing it from the outside is another thing. I know that when people call into my show and tell their whole story, 
uh, they they always will be like, oh my god, that was so amazing to like tell somebody for the first time all this stuff. And then when they, li- but I'm like, but wait, wait until you listen to it back. You're gonna get even more out of it, you yes. know. And that's yes. what it is. I'm sure you got even more out of it when you were yes. able to see your bold journey as that third person, and you get like so. And I think that's enough. That just takes it to a whole other level, and that's amazing for you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It really does. And I learned so much about myself just doing through this whole process. And yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it's amazing because what you did is you didn't is you're helping so many other people. I really believe by putting that stuff out there. I think it's super brave. It takes total balls. I think it is the perfect time, which is great. Uh, and I hope everyone goes out and buys it and checks you yeah. out on deeper.com. Go to, you yeah. can, they can find you on OnlyFans, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I'll put all your links. Thank oh, yeah. you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Thank you. I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks, Maitland. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment and thank my pals, Brian and Chrissy over at the Commercial Break Podcast for paying me to say good shit about them. The Commercial Break is a comedy podcast available on all podcast players. Two longtime best friends, Brian and Chrissy, get together every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They discuss life, love, and the pursuit of absurdity like sinister ministers ridiculous mlm companies alien light language tv dating shows monster hunters terrible psychics and so much more the comedy break uses an unlikely friendship as the backdrop to discuss insane topics that they find online and reflect on their 20 wild years as best buds the commercial break is available wherever you find your favorite podcast or you can visit www.tcbpodcast.com to find all audio and video of the show. You can also go to youtube.com slash the commercial break to find the video version of the podcast and all full episodes are available on that YouTube channel as well. The commercial break. It's not for everyone, but it's free. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. 
send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.